0: I'd like to invite your attention this morning to the book of Psalms, Psalm 13. Psalm 13. The book of Psalms is a book of prayers and praises and devotions that I believe all Christians uh, should uh, draw from. Uh, The prayers and the praises... uh, are things that we can learn from in our own spiritual lives and apply. And one of these psalms that I really think uh, can help us all during tough times is the psalm that we're looking at this morning, and that is Psalm 13. And before we read it, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for your word that we're about to read. Help us to apply it to our hearts and our minds today. And Lord God, help me, your unworthy servant, as I read and proclaim it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Psalm 13, beginning in verse 1, King David wrote, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long will thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemy say, I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Amen. So stated, Psalm 13 is a psalm of David. Uh, David, when he wrote this psalm, was in a very bad situation. And you can probably tell just reading this that he was down and depressed. Now, what was the occasion for this psalm? There's debate about this. Uh, it's disputed. But there's a lot of people such as myself who believe that this was written during the time of his struggle uh, when he was being pursued by Saul. Uh, you don't have to agree with me on that, by the way. A lot of don't. But it most that's where I think it is. I think it kind of fits in. But regardless, that doesn't really matter. I think uh, the, the main thing is he was going through a rough time. He was going through some sort of trial. And we all go through trials and tribulations in life, don't we? We all, I mean, this, that's what life is about. Hard times where we may say, God, where are you? I mean, you go back a few uh, Psalms. You probably go a page over to Psalm 10, verse 1. And the psalmist here stated, Why standest thou far off, O Lord? Why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble? Don't we feel like that at times? I mean, and, and that's what we see here in Psalm 13. Where David begins this psalm with four questions he asks God. Four questions here at the very beginning. Uh, he begins, first of all, how long will thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? David, by the way, is not saying, Lord, have you forgotten me? Now, that is not what he's saying here. He's saying, how long will thou forget me, O Lord? Forever. He says, Lord, you've forgotten me. Are you going to forget me forever? Are you going to abandon me forever? Now, this is prayer without a filter on it. You know, we, we won't... I mean, a lot of times we put on a pretense of prayer and we kind of feel, you know, especially when we do public praying. But David is giving up honest prayer and it, you might even find it a little disturbing because it seems like borderline blasphemous what he's stating here. He's, he's, a, he's saying, God... Have you forgotten me? I he didn't say that. He says, how long will you forget me, O Lord? Forever? Have you just totally forgotten me? Will this be forever, Lord, that you have forgotten me? And many will say, why, did, why is that in the Word of God where David is stating this? Well, I believe the Holy Spirit put this prayer in here for a reason, to show us That a man after God's own heart... And that's what David was called in the Bible. And that's said about no other human being. Only King David. A man after God's own heart. One of the greatest men who's ever lived. One of the most uh, greatest men of faith in the Bible. Can have doubts. And a lot of times we don't like to talk about that. But we can have doubts. We can struggle with doubts. And here we see David having his doubts. And here's the thing about it, folks. God is not afraid of your questions. And you'll see in the Psalms, by the way, we often like to read Psalm 23, Psalm 91, Psalm 150, you know, the kind of more uplifting Psalms. Uh, But we often omit these Psalms that, man, they're pretty rough, without any filter on them, like Psalm 13, Psalm 88, Psalm 22. Uh and I'll remind you in Matthew chapter 6 we're not going to go there right now uh where Jesus talks about, you know, right prayer, wrong prayer. Most well, type of prayer that Jesus didn't said we should not pray is vain repetitions, meaning prayer that we don't have no meaning to, no heart in. Uh and David's prayer is one that he is he's just he's letting sharing his heart with Almighty God, how he is feeling. Now, had God forgotten David, by the way? That's how David feels like he's been forgotten. Well, we can go to Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49 to get the answer to that, where another similar question was asked, almost identical to David's. In Isaiah 49, verse 14, where Isaiah says, but Zion said, the Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. That's almost the same thing David's saying. Lord, you've forsaken me. You've forgotten me. What does Isaiah state in verse 15? Can a woman forget her suckling child that she should not have compassion on the son of her, her womb? Yea, they may forget. He he answers this: Can a woman forget her her, her little baby? Well, m- most of the time not, but there are some who will do that. We know that there's some bad mothers. Yea, there's some who may forget. But then he then what does God say through Isaiah? Yet will I not forget thee. I won't forget thee. And note verse sixteen. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hand. Thy walls are continually before me. We may, like David at times, feel like God has forgotten us. Uh, A man or a woman's mother may even forget them. Your best friend may even forget you. But God doesn't forget you. Despite how you're feeling right now. Despite... The circumstances, God hasn't forgotten David, and he hasn't forgotten you, my friend, if you're a child of God. You're his. The second question David asks here, how long, uh, how long will I hide thy face from me? Here David's expressing his frustration as he feels God has distanced himself from him that God's presence is no longer with Him, has departed from Him. You ever felt like that? You read your Bible, get up in the morning read your Bible, or it's evening, you pray, but after it's over with, you still feel blah, like, man, I feel like my prayers haven't even went above the ceiling. Uh, I just don't feel it. Look, emotions are deceptive. That's one of the dangers of emotion. Uh, You you ever hear somebody, boy, you know, uh, boy, I just, uh, you know, I feel, I just can feel the spirit. You got to be dangerous with those things. You know, I feel the spirit in a church service because you can have some of the same emotions in a church service that you have at a football game when your team's winning the Super Bowl. Remember when the Saints won the Super Bowl in 2010? Boy, you felt good, all of us who are Saints fans. You might feel that. But emotions are deceptive. They can lead you astray. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a wrong, one of the a wrong question to ask somebody is Do you feel saved? Right. Well, how you feel is irrelevant. It's what the Word of God says. And that ultimately is what we've got to be careful of. Today, a lot of people are drifting away on how they feel. This just feels right. Uh, it doesn't matter how it feels that's that's true with what God's God's word is our sure foundation not how you feel not how your emotions are leading you always go back to the word of God because that's a sure foundation and trust in it even if you're feeling the exact opposite boy I just feel God's forsaken me I don't even feel saved those emotions don't tell you your spiritual conditions I'll tell you that right now They'll lead you astray. The third question that David asks here is, how long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? Or to put it in another translation, puts it this way, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts day after day and have sorrow in my heart? How long shall I have this anxiety? I'm full of anxiety. You're thinking about things over and over again about your problems. You're imagining the worst case scenario. Now this is the wrong type of meditation. Where you're letting those voices within you. Whether they're your own imagination. Whether they're from the devil. You you don't go to the Lord in prayer. But then you start thinking about things. You're laying in bed at night. And you start thinking things and you get all types of crazy thoughts when you worry. And anxiety comes in there. You'll imagine all types of things. I mean, a good practical example is if you feel sick, what do doctors tell you not to do? If, you, if you, you, you're worried about something, you know, an illness, don't go on Google and Google it up. Believe me, I've done that before. My goodness, I got scarlet fever or bubonic plague. I mean, you'll come up with all types of stuff. My good, I got those symptoms. You'll scare yourself to death. You don't have a, you don't have a medical degree. Let the doctors handle that. Well, you can, that we can do that, my friends, with our own problems and our spiritual condition. Uh, we'll get all types of thoughts that are unrealistic. I believe it was Benjamin Franklin. Some people say it's in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. It's Benjamin Franklin who said, An idle mind is a devil's workshop. Uh, And and while that's not in the Bible, it's certainly true. You get a lot of idle thoughts wandering around in there. You're not meditating on the Word of God, not getting the Word. You start letting your own, how you think, guide you. You'll come up with some crazy thoughts and some crazy feelings. Beware of that david was saying look i'm i'm taking how long shall i take counsel having this sorrow in my heart daily i just don't know what's going on lord and then he says how long shall my enemy be exalted over me now this is why i believe it's a reference to king saul here he's referring to him if you go to first samuel chapter 27 and I know Brother Gary is still he is in 2 Samuel now, and I really enjoyed uh, our look at David in 1 Samuel and looking at David in such a humanizing way. But in 1 Samuel chapter 27 and verse 1, and remember David had received all these promises. He had been anointed. He's going to be the king of Israel. But then what did David state? In 1 Samuel 27 and verse 1, And David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than I should speedily escape in the land of the Philistines, Philistines and Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in any coast of Israel so I shall escape out of his hand. That sounds similar to first, what we read here in Psalm 13 i don't know if the exact circumstances but i lean that way here david says look i'm giving up i'm giving up it's over i'm not going to become king i'm just going to go escape in the land of philistines david was was pursued by saul during this time and he certainly believed at least there in chapter 27 it was over and here in in uh, Psalm 13, he's to the point where he says, How long will my enemy be exalted over me? How long, O oh Lord? You know, David, you go back and look at his, uh, his struggle with Saul. David had done the right things. He could have killed Saul at one time. He could, have done, he could have become king. I mean, he could have taken Saul out. But David did the right thing. He was a man of honor. He was a man of great faith in God but sometimes folks when we do the right things when we're seeking to do the lord's will then we see all these people doing wicked things and we say look at them they're getting everything look they seem like they're being blessed here i am i'm coming to church sunday i pray every day i'm in the word daily and i and yet everything seems to be falling apart for me i'm struggling with my bills i can't i've got health problems i i And yet they seem to be just rewarded. Hey, the devil put those thoughts in your mind, Uh, and and you'll be thinking, you know, how long shall my enemy exalted, or how long shall evil seem to triumph? Well, when I was reading this in Psalm thirteen, I could not help but think of another chapter in the Bible, going to Revelation chapter six, of a similar question. In Revelation chapter 6. In verse 9. Revelation chapter 6 verses 9 through 11. Where John has a vision. And it states in verse 9 of Revelation chapter 6. And when he had opened the fifth seal I saw under the altar. The souls of them that were slain for the word of God. And for the testimony of which they held. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Now, to make a long story short here, in Revelation chapter 6, John sees these martyrs who have been martyred here in heaven saying, How long, O Lord, will you all, uh, allow evil to reign these, uh, and, and, uh, who have, uh, and, and not bring justice on them who are killing your saints? They were given white robes and basically they're told... Not if the time is not right. In God's time it will happen. Here's the thing about it my friends. The answer to a lot of our problems. We got to wait for the right time. In God's timing. Uh, One thing I can tell you. The Bible tells us. Evil is not getting away with anything. Evil is not triumph. It may seem like. But there's coming a day when justice will come upon evil and you can read the entire book of Revelation to see that but it wasn't God's time yet there in Revelation 6 and it wasn't here in King David when he's praying this and look David if this is referring to his struggle with Saul he had been, he had been pursued by Saul for quite a while he was getting frustrated the time wasn't right yet not yet and then we get to David's plea, his, basically his request here in prayer. He says in verse 36, Consider and hear me, O Lord. Look upon me and answer my prayer, is what he's saying. Please listen, Lord. Answer my prayer. That sounds like something I would pray. Lord, I've been praying praying. Please listen. You get to the point. Are you listening, Lord? Are you listening? Please listen that's our own flesh. There may be specific needs in your life that you're praying for and you you're you're getting impatient. And sometimes we want to play God. And that's a wrong thing to do. We get frustrated. But I want to remind you of Jesus words in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus words in Matthew chapter 6 in verse 26 what he told The disciples. Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not. Neither do they reap. Nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Jesus says look at the birds of the air. Around us. Now. They don't sow. They don't reap. Or gather into barns. Look God takes care of. them. He feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? You're made in His image. You're an image bearer of God. Don't doubt that God won't take care of you. Sometimes we feel that way. Our lack of faith. You go over to chapter 7 in Matthew. In verse 7, what does Jesus tell us to do? Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. Uh, sometimes we interpret this as a one-time request here. But if you'll notice, G, the emphasis seems to be consistently. Keep doing it. Ask. Seek. Yeah. Knock. Don't give up praying. Keep praying. Verse 8. For everyone that seeketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be open Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread it will be given a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he be given a serpent? If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? He's stating keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking. I mean if a if human beings uh, look he says what man is there if his son asks bread, he'll give him a stone or if he asks for a fish he'll give him a serpent well won't your heavenly father give you more than that if we who have a sin nature within us who are sinful give good gifts to people how much more will a holy God give to us his servants keep praying Keep looking to God. Don't give up. Uh, sometimes, look, we got to remember, we're in a fallen world. This isn't our home. And it's full of a lot of trials. And in this life, we're going to receive a lot of trials. But we've got to keep praying and seeking the Lord's face. Now David, going back to verse 3 in, in Psalm 13, he asked God to hear him, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Now, uh, David felt he was near death. He possibly was, if this was during the time of Saul, possibly was that he was near death. He was frightened to death. He He's saying, Lord, light my eyes. I looked up that in the original. It means put a sparkle back into my eyes. Revive me, O oh Lord. Put a sparkle lest I die. I feel like I'm... Um, near death. He was this is a guy who was really discouraged, David was. In Ephesians chapter 1, the apostle Paul prayed a prayer for the Ephesian church. It's a prayer of encouragement to them. And he, he mentioned in verse 16 of Ephesians 1, he ceases not to give thanks for him, making mention of them in his prayers. And then he tells them what he prays for them. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding Greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he hath wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Let me tell you, he prayed the Ephesian church would have their eyes enlightened. David was praying, Lord, I need, I mean, I mean to be enlightened. And I know of nothing greater to enlighten and give us hope and strength when we're going through rough times than to look to the risen Christ. To look to the resurrection, knowing of that great hope that we have in Jesus Christ. That though we're going through a rough time, the empty tomb and the promise of our own resurrection oh, should encourage and strengthen us through the roughest of times reminding us this isn't our home. It's a hard place this life is. I mean our prayer requests that we do before church, a lot many of us are going through rough times. It reminds us this is not our home. But we can find encouragement from God, enlightened from the resurrection Paul states. Uh David says, I don't want my enemy, lest my enemy say I prevailed against him. Those that trouble me rejoice when I'm moved. David had received the promise of being the king. He didn't want that to be, you know, be trampled into the ground. He says, Lord, I'm looking to you. And then in verse 5, in verses 5 and 6, we see a change in David's attitude in the prayer, in this psalm. He says, but I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. Now you might say, boy, it seems like David's contradicting himself a lot here. Look, this is a raw prayer. It's messy. He, verse 1, he's saying, Lord, will you forget me? Hey, we have these contradictory thoughts but through it all, David's still trusting in God. He wouldn't have been praying if he wasn't trusting in God. He just had, he was just struggling with things, just like we do. He says, I have trusted in thy mercy. Through all of it, he says, Lord, I've trusted in you. He's much like the, the man whom uh, you remember in the Gospels. I, I can't remember. He says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. <laughs> You ever, you ever feel like that? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. These unbelieving thoughts are trying to take over. He says, I've trusted in your mercy. I believe David's looking back where God where God had helped him. Going back to Goliath, when he faced him as a, a, a young man, and he faced that giant, and he defeated Goliath, not by his power, but by God's power. God had given him victory. He overcoming, coming. This does not mean that David isn't still struggling. By the way, with these thoughts and his feelings, but he's saying, "Lord, I'm gonna trust you despite what's coming into my heart. All these bad thoughts, I'm trust. I'm a, I'm to trust you, Lord. I'm looking to your mercy. I know you're a merciful God. I know you're a just God. His emotions may be trying to deceive him, but he's trusting God through it all. Look at your own life. Has God been merciful to you? He has. He saved you if you're a Christian. He gave you the new birth. Hey, even you being here alive today is a gift of mercy. Every breath we take is is another gift of mercy. Every heartbeat that you woke up, let's never forget. To give God thanks. Uh, A a, a few verses of Scripture in Romans chapter 8. The Apostle Paul is some of my favorite. Where he states in Romans chapter 8. In verse 35. And these are some verses that you do well. When you feel like God has forsaken you. Maybe you're like David. You got the blues. What does Paul state? Who can separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecutions, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, as is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long; we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. What can separate us from God? We're like, hey, we're like sheep being led astray. I mean, not to so led astray, but going to the going to the slaughter. This world's tough, and if you're a believer in Christ, you're going to receive persecution. But then he states in verse 37, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My friends, we can't be separated from God if you're a child of God. You may feel like it. Your emotions may tell it. The devil may whisper it in your ear. But remember, he's a liar. We continue to trust God despite how our emotions may lead us away. And David states, My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. Now, he's praying expectantly. When he says salvation here, he's looking toward his deliverance of his current situation. But he's saying, look, he's praying expectantly. Lord, I know he says, boy, he's going, he's went a long way from verse one where he's saying, Lord, you for, how long are you going to forget me for saying, I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm going to rejoice in thy salvation. He's praying, expecting God to get him out of that. That's the thing about it. He's expecting God to get him out of this situation. And, and we gotta pray that way too, folks. One of my favorite prayers in the Bible is from the book of Job, and you'll at Job chapter 19. And you'll often hear this read at a funeral. And it's such a for a child of God it is it is such an encouraging prayer that Job prayed. Because if you know the book of Job, Job, I mean, mean, this is a guy who had lost everything. Yet what did he say in Job 19 verses 25 and 26? He says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And even though my skin, skin, worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. Job was in his torment. And all that he was going through was looking to the resurrection of seeing God, his Redeemer. we got to look that way too, folks. In, near the end of this psalm, at the end, David says, I will sing in the Lord. I will sing unto him. I will praise him. For he's dealt bountifully with me. David, though he went through a rough time and was going through a rough time, he says, I'm still going to trust God. Though everything else is saying opposite my circumstances, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to sing unto him. Uh, there's two hymns that I won't sung at my funeral. One is we often sing is crown him with many crowns because it's such a beautiful hymn declaring the resurrection and and the hope we have in in Christ. And the second one is abide with me. Uh, And I want to just share that hymn uh, because it it just uh, touches me, this hymn. If you don't know the story behind this hymn written by henry light he wrote this hymn while he was dying he was literally dying of tuberculosis Uh, and he is basically he's writing his own funeral uh, sermon here or his own funeral prayer literally because he had tuberculosis was dying and what did he write in that hymn he says abide with me ice falls the evening tide when he says evening tide he's saying his life the darkness deepens he's not talking about night he's talking about death's coming up on me Lord Lord would me abide when other helpers fail and comforts flee help of the helpless oh abide with me swift to its close elbs, our life's little day earth's joys grow dim its glories pass away change and decay and all around I see O thou that changest not abide with me I need thy presence every passing hour what but thy grace can foil the tempter's power who like thyself Thy, my grave in victory, I triumph still if thou abide with me. Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shadows flee. In life and death, O oh Lord, abide with me. That guy was writing that. And he would die not long after he finished that. That was a man who had faith in God. He had hope in the resurrection. Just as David, as we read here, despite all his doubts and his struggles, he still trusts in God. He still has faith in Him. Let me ask you today, are you struggling with some things in your own life? We all struggle, with, but you're having doubts. Have you taken your eyes off Christ? Have you forgotten about the resurrection? That there's hope beyond this life? Look to to Christ today. Know that He hasn't forgotten you. That He loves you if you're His child. You're His child. He hasn't forgotten you. Trust in Him. Don't give up. Look to Him and Him alone for your hope. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, you don't have this hope yet. I urge you to turn from your sins. Turn from your unbelief. Look to Christ today. He is your only hope. For this life is... The brother who wrote that hymn says, this, all, this, is all, this is nothing but decay. We see nothing but decay around us. But there's something greater awaiting us. Look to Him. For that is our true hope is in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we come to You today just giving You thanks that we have a sure hope in Jesus Christ and I know Lord we we will oftentimes have our own doubts in our minds and you're not afraid to hear these prayers and we just thank you for your patience with us Your unworthy us children of yours who who Lord question you we we who are so full of sin and fall short Oh Lord, just thank You for Your patience with us. Thank You for Your patience with me. And I ask You to encourage anyone here today who who is struggling with doubt, who's struggling with things, that You will encourage them. And I most especially ask You if there's someone here today who's not trusting You as their Lord and Savior, who, 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 who do not have You, who You're not their Savior, Lord. You're not their Lord. Oh, may they turn from their sin into You today. This I ask. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.